Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. It's been more than nine months since the start of the war in Ukraine. Back then, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee pledged his support to refugees fleeing the conflict. And eventually, some Ukrainians made their way to Rhode Island. Justin Kenny from Rhode Island PBS Weekly and freelance journalist Ali Michelle Conti just finished a documentary about the Kreshchuks, a family of Ukrainian musicians that now live in East Providence. We'll talk about the film and what it's like for Ukrainians who have settled here after a quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Welcome back. I'm here with Justin Kenny from Rhode Island PBS Weekly and Ali Michelle Conti, a freelance journalist and regular contributor to Globe Rhode Island. They're the creators of The Conductor, a segment about Ukrainian refugees who escaped the war and now live in Rhode Island. Welcome, Justin and Ali. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ed. First set the stage for us, Ali. Do you know how many Ukrainian refugees have come to Rhode Island since Russia began its invasion? Yes, 160 have applied and been ex- accepted through the Uniting for Ukraine refugee program that President Biden established. So 160 have applied or are, are in the process of resettling within Rhode Island. Why were you interested in telling this story? This particular story, I think, resonated with me and Justin as well because we wanted to go beyond the facts and figures. Um that's reported on national and international news to kind of give that intimate story of a Ukrainian who's fled and who now lives among us. You know, their children go to church right here in East Providence. Um, Their children are uh, next door in the same schools, perhaps, that maybe our children attend and, you know, shop the same grocery stores. So they're here among us. And how are we making them feel welcome? And what can we do to assist them and their resettlement. I grew up in Rhode Island, and before I came back, I worked as a senior producer at uh, PBS NewsHour, and I've also done a lot of international humanitarian documentaries. And I think people need to care about refugees. I think too often 
people just see them as a number um, in distress. But these are real people with real lives, and they're not necessarily dissimilar from from our lives that we have. I mean, obviously, that there are certain there's some differences, but I think we need to look at the humanity of people. Justin, how did you guys come across Alexander Alex Kreshuk? Well, Ali and I have been speaking for quite a while, and we talked about we we both have a an interest in refugee stories, and we decided that we wanted to do something about Ukrainian refugees. It took a while for us to find one, actually. There's an organization here called Dorcas International, which has been very useful in acclimating a lot of different refugees. We just saw the recent wave of Afghans. Um, they've, they've benefited a lot. So it's surprisingly, it's the cousin of the guy that they hired to deal with Ukrainian refugees. And we had a meeting with them at Dorcas, and we thought his story was remarkable for, for a number of reasons. Ali, where did this family live in Ukraine? Right. So Alexander or Alex Kreshuk and his family lived in Kiev, and they heard missiles bombed outside of their home on the very first night, February 24th. So they fled their home. They left everything behind, including their house, which was completely mm -hmm. destroyed. What did Alex do there? Um, tell us about his the, the family's life there. Well, I would describe it very comfortable upper middle class life. They had a very large, nice home. Um, his grandkids lived there. His adult children, who whom they're no longer with, they're back in Ukraine and, and other places. And Alex had a very remarkable career as a choral conductor. He's with the Baptist Church. On many occasions, um, conducted choral orchestras of massive sizes in, in the hundreds and even thousands. And in the early 90s, he traveled to Moscow and the main stadium there. Billy Graham brought him to um, conduct. So he's got some prominence. He's well-traveled, well-educated, very religious man. I was struck by that line, Ali, that said our house was always full of music, joy, kids, and prepared food. It, it sounds like they had a, a great home life there. Yes, music was the core of their lives. I mean, his six children were classically trained to play the piano, violin, the flute. Um, so religion, spirituality, and, and music um, was a part of the Kreshuk family life. Justin, where did they go after fleeing Ukraine? Well, they originally wanted to go to Poland. Of course, in the fog of war, there's a lot of miscommunication. And um, fortunately, they were able to find out that the Polish border was just too crowded. So they decided to go southwest um, and they went to Romania. And from there, they went to Poland. The Romanians really helped them, didn't they? They did. Both the Romanians mm -hmm. and the Polish citizens welcomed them. These are complete strangers that opened their homes to Alex and his family, and they were there for several months. I mean, the complete journey from leaving their home in Ukraine to resettling here in Rhode Island took six months. What led them to the United States, Justin? They have relatives here. That's what made them make the decision. Uh, most Ukrainians, we've had, we've, so there's about 45 million Ukrainians total. A third have left their homes, half within the country and half outside the country. If you kind of put that into terms that we can understand a little bit better, it's the equivalent of the entire East Coast getting up and moving, some staying within the United States, some leaving. Wow. Um, but they, they thought they'd have a better life here because they have, they have relatives here in the area. And fortunately, Alex started to learn bone up on his English the last couple of years. So that's really helped him out a lot. I think he's very competent mm -hmm. in the English language. He still, he still thinks he's got a long way to go. But I think that's going to help him a lot. Why does Alex call the location they landed in a miracle? 
Well, their particular apartment is situated right across from the Second Baptist Church in East Providence. And of course, they're very religious people. So this church is really a home away from home for them. It's a place where Alex can be free on Sunday mornings and Justin and I were there during service to conduct the choir. And that's his passion. It's also been a place for his younger children to participate in choir and do sort of extracurricular activities with children of their own age. And so it's been a sanctuary, I think, for him to rebuild his life. Yeah. Tell us uh, who else goes to that church. Are there other Ukrainians? There certainly are. So it's a multicultural church comprised of mostly members from former Soviet Republic countries like Ukraine, Russia, Moldova, Kazakhstan. And they've come together to support the more than 25 Ukrainians who have fled from the war. Justin, tell us about the process of making um, this segment. How, how did you get to know the family and how much time did you spend with them? We spent this fair amount. I mean, I always, as a journalist, I always like to spend time with people before I interview them, you know, kind of break bread with them. I think you get a much better story and you build trust because a lot of times people are, you know, they're kind of weary and they're nervous. Um, we had about two one-hour interviews with him. Allie and I spent some time with him at his church, warming up the choir, conducting the choir during services. I've I've taken a ride with him to school with his kids. I spent last night with them and had a snack with them and some coffee. They're really a remarkable, very, very nice family and very religious. Alex says a prayer. He pulled over. He stopped quickly. I was shocked as we were pulling out of his home in East Providence. And he insisted that we all say a prayer on the way to school in the morning. And it must have been great to capture all that, that music, all that great sound. Absolutely. Yeah. And they are a musical family. And I feel... As somebody who doesn't come from a musical family, it feels quite forced to a family to bro- break out in song. Um, last night at the dinner table, Alex did just that with his family. And surprisingly, it was natural. And it was beautiful, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you to break out in a song later in this <laughs> segment. Um, did you don't it, want that. <laughs> Allie, did anything uh, surprise you about their life or their personal story? No, but one moment that really touched us in particular, was we asked his daughter, Victoria, who's 22, living with him in East Providence, to recreate this moment, playing Nearer My God to Thee. She was playing it in what was once her home. She revisited after Russian occupiers left. And when we asked her, you know, why this song or how did you feel? And she she was speechless, but you could tell by the tears in her big blue eyes that it just was a touching moment to revisit her home and the living room that she practiced her violin so many times. She went back to her home after it had been destroyed and played the violin in the ruins. Right? That's right. One of the things that I think also struck Ali and I was just his resilience and his acceptance of his faith. This is a man who had a very comfortable life, keeps on saying, which is essentially true, that he's starting from zero. He's starting from scratch. And he's comforted by 
his religion and he's, he's read a lot of the Bible and he says that other people have gone through tough times and this is one chapter in his life and he's up to the challenge and if he has to start over, he will. I think we can all say that we, we take things for granted in this country and I'm, I'm struck by his, his acceptance and his, his willing to just start over and, and embrace it actually. Yeah. What do you hope viewers take away from this report? Justin mentioned there's, what, 14 million Ukrainians displaced and one-fifth of the country is still occupied by Russian soldiers. But that's hard to kind of equate that to the human cost of war or or any of these refugees that we've interviewed. So I, I hope viewers take away just the personalized story of Alex and his family, which includes struggles maybe that many of us have never faced, but little triumphs along the way too. Yeah. And the resiliency that you're talking about Absolutely. is remarkable. Absolutely. Is there any way for people to help the Ukrainian refugees in Rhode Island if, if they want to? I can tell you one Ukrainian refugee who just, re- he just received his social security card and could start working. And that's Alex. I was with him on Monday night and he proudly said that, and he told me that he is looking for work. So give these people, I, I think they're hardworking, they're honest, um, they want to start a new life. And if, if you're thinking about hiring somebody, I, I would consider hiring a refugee. For those Ukrainians who are still suffering back home in Ukraine, I know, for instance, the Second Baptist Church is collecting essentials like clothing, and they're sending over medical supplies, they're shipping those supplies to Poland, and that will be driven across the border by a convoy. So they are, you know, collecting essentials. So anything the local community can do to help those still suffering. What kinds of things could they drop off at the church? Yeah, I would suggest calling the church. But when we were there last, Justin, right, they had boxes stacked to the ceiling of essentials. We saw wheelchairs, clothing. They're also working in conjunction with the Chinese Church of Rhode Island. And I believe they are collecting toys for the children, right? It's a festive Mm -hmm. time of year for them, too. And they're trying to make the best out of the worst situation. And the Second Baptist Church, not only do they collect things, they had a small group of 10 people that actually went into Ukraine to do some construction projects within the last few weeks. So they may be looking for some funding for future projects like that. Justin, when and how can people watch this report? People can watch the report on ripbs.org slash weekly. They can also tune into Rhode Island PBS on Sunday and Wednesday night at 730. All right. Excellent work, Justin and Allie. Michelle, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, Ed. Thank you. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. And if you like the podcast, do us a favor. Follow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.